This fucking guy. Hello, my little Twinkies. Welcome to This Fucking Guy, a podcast about self-care, if self-care is one long scream into the void. Here is where we use expletives and alcohol to emotionally process the creeps, jerks, and asshats that compose the shitty elevator music of our lives. I don't want to be an American idiot. Ren Martinez. And I'll put a boot in America's ginger gollub. I'm just going to need you to repeat ass one more time, ginger. If I had a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let me try that. Yeah. And I'll put a boot in America's ass ginger gollum. It doesn't want you to say ass. It keeps, like, dipping out whenever you say ass. That's hilarious. Ass. 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 <laughs> ass. I'm totally keeping all this in. This is hilarious. <laughs> God damn it. I mean, I mean, it, it, you just make things inherently funny. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know why. That is something that, like, I'm with, with the, the software I'm using. So instead of using Skype or Zoom at this point, because that's a cluster, uh, nope. we use this clean feed, which generally works. But every once in a while, one of your words just dips out randomly. There and, is that. Like, for the most part, like, I can squiggle it together so it sounds fine. But every once in a while, like, I'll put a boot in America's ginger gollum. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why. It just doesn't want you to say ass. It's, I mean, it's bleeping you out. I gave you eight or nine clean ass takes uh, afterwards. So I just <laughs> I just want to hear the version where you say, I'll put a boot in America's ass. <laughs> just absurdly loud. <laughs> Just no continuity. Also, I want to change our podcast to ass takes. So, <laughs> I mean, it would probably be easier for for people to search. Right. That's true. That's true. How are you doing today? I mean, taking ass takes all day. I'm taking every day. ass takes all day. I mean, it's 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 been an ass kind of day. How about for you? Like, it's, it hasn't been bad. I just tried to put, like, I have a box of nerds on my desk, right, which is right now squunched under my computer monitor. And, like, mm-hmm. I know, I know at some point during this recording, it is going to fall and it's going to sound like a thousand maracas. And that's just what I'm prepared for as a person. So, Ren, my sweet. Please. Do you have anything to scream into the void? Um, I mean, other than everything... Um, which yeah. I feel is now, like, how we start this segment every time. Other than fucking <laughs> everything. Um, I went down to Florida this last weekend, which was just a trip. Certainly a decision. It was a decision. We would not have gone except that my husband's grandmother turned 90. And we just only have but so many of those birthdays, realistically speaking. So we were going to fly. We did not fly. Uh, We drove down. And pretty much as soon as you entered Florida, you could just, you know, smell that that smell of I ain't going to do a fucking shit that you tell (laughs) me to do. Because not a goddamn person we saw was wearing a mask. And I'm not just I'm not necessarily talking about his family, though. That's a whole other thing. Um, But like any gas station, any pit stop we saw, any sort of parking lot. Like, nope, everyone, mask-free, hanging out, chilling. At one point, uh, we decided we were going to hang out in my 
mother-in-law's pool because in Florida, the only thing that's good about it is everyone has a pool. Mm -hmm. But uh, his cousin and girlfriend had for had left their bathing suits at their house or their the hotel. They were at a mm -hmm. hotel. And so they were like, well, let's go and grab them. So um, my husband, you know, drives with them to the hotel. They grab their stuff and they're like, hey, well, we've been talking about this awesome rooftop bar. Like, we're not going to go to the bar, but this, you know, so you can see it, I guess. And he's like, I mean, okay. So he goes up there and it's a night. Apparently it's a super nice bar and has a pool on the roof. Like, it's a super slick hopping place to be. That's crammed full of people. Just fucking crammed full of these Hawaiian shirt-wearing retirees. And not a goddamn one is wearing a mask. And they're just all licking rats. Pretty much. Pretty much. They're like, yes, please, I would like my Long Island ass iced tea. Put the rat in the drink. I'm, I'm going to be very surprised if there's anyone living in Florida by Christmas. Not to alienate our Florida listeners, like, if you're listening from Florida, hey, and I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry your state sucks. And the thing is, is not all of Florida sucks. Like, I, I recognize that there are suckier places in Florida. Like, North Florida is the fucking worst. The panhandle is just garbage. It should just drop into the ocean. Nobody wants it. <laughs> it's full of, you know... Gators who support Donald Trump. And KKK members. Like, that's yeah. just... Uh, who are also alligators. <laughs> um, my husband definitely has told me a story. He was visiting his friend's dad who lived down there around Jacksonville, somewhere around there. And they popped onto his little pontoon boat and were like chugging around whatever body of water they were on. And definitely this boat full of like shirtless white dudes with like eight Confederate flags oh. started shouting at him. That they were going to, like, beat his ass and, like, you know, take out another terrorist or whatever the fuck. Ugh. You know, they kind of paddle-boated their way away. But, like, yep, that's that's your welcoming committee. That's, that's the panhandle. <laughs> it's not my favorite place. America is the world's Florida. And I think that's the most depressing thing. And Florida is the world's ass. Yes, it sure is. Well, on that note, I think we might need some therapy. Yeah, about that. Well, that was a really ominous way to introduce a segment. <laughs> I, I, do I want to hear about this fucking guy? Do I mean, I, maybe. Maybe. Well, so I've decided to go on kind of like a serving direction this week because I've been doing so much fucking research and emotional labor explaining to people online why I feel like Richmond's Confederate monuments should go and be somewhere else. Um, so I decided to go ahead and record a podcast about it so I could just succinctly say, fuck you and link the episode. Uh, That's really so, helpful. It's always good to cite your sources. Work smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and put some disclaimers up. First of all, this is a broad-ass topic, and I'm the history one, so we're mostly going to be focusing on, like, the history and mostly focusing on Monument Avenue in Richmond. Um, and why Richmond, you may ask? Well, because it has most of them, and also I live here. <laughs> 
So, yeah, I guess we're not going to be talking about every monument that ever existed at all, at every moment. We're not going to be talking about the one Nathan Bedford Forrest (laughs) statue in Tennessee that in itself disproves white supremacy. I did my best to use objective information sources and not opinion pieces, Um, but now more than ever, the sources... The sources are at thisfnguypod.com. Go read them before you yell at me. Uh, Unless you're a Trump supporter, in which case I'm so sorry that you can't read. Yeah, how did you get here? How did you get here? I mean, I guess this might have been the first episode you popped into, because, like, it certainly wasn't after you listened to the Rush Limbaugh episode. Wasn't that one. (laughs) Live from Rush's bedroom toilet. (laughs) Ginger's going to tell us about some monuments. So, even before I moved to Richmond, like, the first thing I would think about when I thought about Richmond was the fan and Monument Avenue. Mm-hmm. It's really iconic within the city. For those of you who aren't acquainted, Monument Avenue is a street with a huge median in it that has a lot of racist sculptures. Uh <laughs> And it runs through a mostly wealthy, mostly white Richmond residential area called The Fan. Think think about Monument Avenue as sort of a, a very small American racist version of, like, the Champs-Élysées. Like, a major yeah. boulevard that cuts through the city. It's iconic. It has, like, the big old Arc de Triomphe, but ours is a bunch of slave owners. Yeah, and instead of croissants, we have biscuits. Yeah. Otherwise... Exactly the same. Otherwise, no discernible (laughs) difference. Um, So a lot of people seem to think that the statues on Monument Avenue were put there during or immediately after the Civil War. They weren't. Mm -hmm. Get that right the fuck out of the way. Um, The idea of Monument Avenue was conceived of during a site search for they were just going to build a big-ass statue of Robert E. Lee because he had just died at that point. It was like 1870. He had just died. Where can we put a big-ass statue of Robert E. Lee? Um, And then Richmonders were like, well, does just have to be Robert E. Lee? We want to erect the three figures that they felt defended Richmond during the Civil War, um, those being Robert E. Lee, Stonewall Jackson, and Jeb Stewart. Also, I know his legal name wasn't Jeb. I'm not going to say J.E.B. Stewart every time. No, everyone knows it's Jeb. It's fine. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, Richmond, I mean, the thing is, is that, and I'm sure you're probably going to get into it, so we might cut this out if I'm diving in too early, but, like, there is legitimate history here in regards to, like, the Civil War and the Confederacy, that should be preserved. Like, the White House of the Confederacy is a museum that talks about the Civil War. Mm -hmm. Like, that's perfectly fine. Or, like, you know, some of the graves in, like, Hollywood Cemetery. Or, like, other sort of, like, battlefields and things like that. Like, those are all important landmarks because of their specific historical reference well, and because they're actual landmarks going, hey, a thing happened. It happened here. Yeah. I would argue, and we're not going to get into this particular statue, but the AP Hill statue, which is also in Richmond. It's not on Monument Avenue. It's also of a Confederate gen- general. He is at least buried under it. Yeah. Yeah, that is different. Like, a tomb with a statue on top is really different than, like, 
we're going to have a beautiful boulevard for rich-ass white people, and we're going to commemorate traitorous slave owners on yeah. it. Yeah. So after they thought up the sort of broad idea of Monument Avenue, let's have a street where we put these three statues, it took another 17 years. It took until 1887 for Monument Avenue to show up on any city plans. The land in question was owned by um, some rich dude named Otway C. Allen, (laughs) which sounds like pig Latin, but it's not. Otway? At best, it's pronounced Otway. I mean, it's no Jedediah, but it is still pretty bad. Yeah. The 1887 plans for Monument Avenue show plots which Allen decided to sell to developers and those wishing to build houses. So it, like, really immediately became this, like, capitalist kind of thing. Those houses that they're building, it should be noted, black people were explicitly barred from purchasing for literal decades. Mm-hmm. Not that that's going to surprise anybody. The Atlantic did a really interesting article on the history of redlining in Richmond that is linked to in the show notes. The West End was liter the West End of Richmond, which at this point included the fan, was like literally legally segregated in that particular gross way for again literal decades. Monument Avenue is also unique in that it's a residential area with a bunch of Confederate monuments rather than, like, a municipal area, which is where most of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, like, you know, at City Hall or in the town square. Like, no, this is a residential street. It's almost like they were actively trying to scare black homeowners away from the neighborhood. Weird. Anyway. Weird. Why would they do that? Mm. What? So, it took a really long time to actually build any of these monuments. At least 20 years for the first one. I mean, it's mostly a pile of cinder blocks with a horse on top. Yeah. But, I mean, like... so I mean, it, fancy cinder blocks. Fancy, the fanciest cinder blocks. <laughs> but it took so long to build in part because they were controversial even at the time. And no one likes to talk about the fact that, like... There was opposition to these statues being built because, um, to quote Smithsonian Magazine, in today's debates about the public display of Confederate symbols, the strong objections of early African-American critics are seldom remembered, perhaps because they had no impact on white office holders at the time. But the urgent black protests of the past now have the ring of prophecy. For example, there was this guy who I need to read more about because he sounds cool as fuck, Um, John Mitchell Jr., who was a Richmond City alderman and the editor of an African-American newspaper called the Richmond Planet. He, in 1890, wrote, The people of the South had to grunt and groan to raise a few thousand dollars for the Lee Monument. The men who talk most about the valor of Lee and the blood of the brave Confederate dead are those who never smelt powder or engaged in battle. Moral? Go to the northern man for money, the southern man for sentiment. (laughs) The shade. I mean, mean, you're not wrong. Okay, so let's start with the Lee statue. I'm going to go chronologically through these. 
On May 29, 1890, crowds were estimated at 100,000 to view the unveiling of the first monument to Robert E. Lee. The first one on Monument Avenue, not the first one. Ever. Uh, the Lee statue is the largest of Richmond's monuments and is erected on Allen Circle, named after a friend, Otway. It was designed by French sculptor Antonin Mercier and shows Lee sitting on a very sexy horse. It the was no- sexiest horse. The sexiest horse. It was noted that the horse is not a representation of Lee's famous Mount Traveler. The sculptor did not find the size of the actual horse to be in keeping with the overall composition and therefore created an ideal mount with the necessary requirements. <laughs> It's dick won't big enough. <laughs> this is like unrealistic body image for horses. This this kind of reminds me, and now I can't remember the sculptors, but back in like the middle fucking ages, uh-huh. uh, some some famous cathedral was like, we want to have a sculpture of the angel Lucifer. Like we really want, because, you know, it's like, you know, Satan or whatever. We want yeah. a, 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 a sculpture of him. And someone did the sculpture and the cathedral's like, um, it's a little too sexy. <laughs> like, it's a little too sexy. So they went to a second dude and were like, hey, do you mind? We want this this sculpture of Lucifer. But, like, the first one was a little bit horny. If you could, like, manage that. And that guy was like, uh, if I manage it, you mean increase the horniness. So he made an even sexier statue of Lucifer. I mean, like, playboy arm up, chest out, just, like, gorgeous <laughs> Fully curls, erect. Fully erect, like, biting his bottom lip. Like, just the <laughs> horniest Lucifer statue. And I guess at that point, the cathedral's like, you know what? We we have to stop here because they're, this is going to get even more pornographic if we continue. That's, so, I respect it. That's the best argument for demonic possession being real that I've ever heard. That these sculptors kept getting instructions to make it less sexy, and the devil was like, No! More sexy! Make me sexier! I am super sexy! Have you seen the show Lucifer? (laughs) Can you tweak the nipples just a little bit? (laughs) (sighs) So, um, sexy horse aside, when Monument Avenue was conceived of, the land where it exists wasn't even in Richmond. Which blows my mind. It was a tobacco field somewhere vaguely west of the city. Oh. It's dead in the center of Richmond now, so it's fucking weird to think about that. That is really weird to think about. Yeah. But the the city annexed the land to build the statue because they felt like it was an obscene amount of money to be spent on a statue that wasn't even in the city. Um Oh, ultimately, that's why the Lee statue is the one that they're having trouble getting rid of. And we will get into it. Uh, never mind, we are getting into it right now. I forgot the order of these notes. And again, you you might mention this later, but, like, I'm pretty sure Robert E. Lee at some point specifically was like, could y'all not? I don't get into it a whole lot because I know that there's going to be an inevitable episode on Robert E. Lee, uh, in which I will probably get to it in the irony. The nicest slave owner you ever met! That was sort of some retroactive propaganda. I mean, of course it was. Of course it was. There Again, I keep getting distracted, but, like, there was definitely some meme going around that was just, like, pages out of a textbook 
And it was like, just this, you know, talking about, you know, black people working the fields in the South as slaves. But the way it was written was like, you know, families joined together to to pick the cotton so they could make their living. And they sang songs as they did so because they enjoyed what they were doing. And it was... <laughs> Death scream into the pillow. Yeah, so it's just, you know, it's it's just like, oh yes, how enjoyable it was just to, to sing songs. On June 4th, 2020, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, a controversial figure, <laughs> announced the statue would be removed in response to the protest that followed the May 2020 killing of George Floyd. On June 8th, 2020, just four days later, a judge in Richmond Circuit Court issued a 10-day injunction citing a lawsuit filed by William C. Gregory, who claims that Virginia promised to faithfully guard and affectionately protect the statue when the land it was located on was annexed by the state in 1890. Has this... I'm, I'm sorry. Like, as somebody who lives in Richmond, but also, like, in a city, like, in a city... Nothing is sacred? Like, nothing sacred. They will absolutely no. tear down all sorts of old shit to make way absolutely. for a new Starbucks. Yeah. Do you remember when they were going to uh, bulldoze the former slave trading grounds in Shaco Bottom to build a new Little League baseball stadium? Mm-hmm. Not even a Major League Baseball stadium. A stadium for the Flying Squirrels. (laughs) The Richmond Flying Squirrels. To be fair, the best mascot of any team. By far. This drives me nuts because, in a way, in a roundabout way, the statue served almost a legitimate purpose for a little bitty while by getting the city expanded to the West. And that is cool, but I don't see why the city can't faithfully guard the statue in a fucking museum because there's a goddamn museum of the Civil War in a former Confederate widow's home six blocks from the fucking statue. Yeah, just, you know... Make a whole little monument garden so people can go see. The thing is, it's also, it's in the middle of the fucking road. And, yeah. like, you really don't see them. Like, other than you're driving around and, Mm-mm. like, there's a horse in the corner of your eye. But, like, you don't actually go up to the monument, really, to, like, hang out and see its beauty. It's just, like, a, it's just like a marker where you're like, oh, yeah, you take a left at the horse. The sexy horse. Take a left. The sexy. No, not the other horse. The sexy horse. sexy horse. The sexy horse. Like before the protest, the only the only people you would see near the statue were freshman VCU students topless sunbathing. Mm-hmm. And if that's not respecting history, I don't know what is. I mean, we need to affectionately hold this statue in our hearts. <laughs> oh, that is the most affectionate protection. Yes, affectionate protection, topless sunbathing. In the past decade, Virginia has spent $174,000 to maintain the Lee statue. And in 2017, Richmond police spent some half a million dollars to guard the monument and keep the peace during a neo-Confederate protest there. No word on how much they've spent to guard it during the current protest, but I'm guessing it's more than half a million dollars. That could be spent on schools. It 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 could be. How silly is that? Spend it on education. You mean if you care so much about history, teach it. Teach it. 
teaching at school. Okay, so stepping off of Lee um, to a slightly less sexy horse, um, Monument Avenue begins at a traffic circle known until recently as Stewart Circle, Mm. located at West Franklin Street in North Lombardy. Stewart Circle, which I'm going to keep calling it that because I don't think that they've officially changed the name yet, but hopefully they will, um, is named after the statue of General Jeb Stewart that was erected there in 1907. The statue, sculpted by a New Yorker named Fred Moynihan, was the second monument unveiled on Monument Avenue. The sculptor had previously been known for sculpting a bunch of Union generals in the 1880s and 1890s. Appropriately, Stewart's statue was inspired by the statue of British Lieutenant General Sir James Outram in Kolkata, India. Ah, well. Both men... Both men were responsible for murdering lots of indigenous people, and the statues really are nearly identical. So, between that and the Union uh, sculpture thing, do we think that it's possible that the sculpture was trying to troll the public? Because I kind of do. Uh, I mean, maybe a little bit in the whole, like, I'm not going to put any effort into this, but still get money, get paid. Yeah. Which, I mean, I respect the hustle. I, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get around to doing Stuart at some point. There's a lot there. There's not a lot on the statue. Um, but the Jeb Stuart Monument was part of a dual unveiling, actually, hmm. in 1907, drawing nearly 200,000 people to the city of Richmond to see his unveiling. The other statue being the Jefferson Davis Memorial. Ah. Jefferson that Davis. fucker. Yeah, that fucker, former president of the Confederacy. You know the fucker. Uh, first of all, and for all of you who claim these monuments are necessary for preserving history, I did not know what this statue, I didn't know what this statue was of. I didn't know it was Jefferson Davis until literally last year, and I've lived in Richmond for a decade. Yeah. If you, if, like, if you had pressured me, I would have guessed that it was either the, a monument to Confederate soldiers generally? Or maybe a James Bond villain, because that thing is lofty. <laughs> Unveiled on June 3rd, 1907, the east-facing monument sported a 65-foot-tall Doric column topped by a bronze figure called the Vindicatrix. There were 13 columns, 11 bronze seals representing the seceding states, and three representing states that sent troops for the Confederacy. Yeah, I looked it up. Because I was like, what the fuck monument is this again? And that's a big fucker. Yeah. A very unnecessarily big fucker. That traffic circle is a goddamn nightmare. (laughs) It's a goddamn nightmare. You cannot see shit. It is a threat to public safety. Full of columns. Uh, The Vindicatrix and Jefferson Davis portions of the monument were sculpted by Edward Virginius Valentine. What a name. I mean, that sounds like somebody who would sculpt Confederate statues. Yep, and he did. Sculpted (laughs) a bunch of them, bunch of them all over the South, um, including a marble statue of Robert E. Lee that was in the Federal Capitol building, or possibly still is. What the fuck? What? What? 
Um, also, there is a whole Valentine Museum in downtown Richmond, which seems like it would be a much better place for these statues to live. Again, for all of you who are worried, no one will know that the Confederacy lost the Civil War if we get rid of these monuments. Might I recommend any one of Richmond's absurd number of museums on the topic? Yeah, that's where the history goes. The monument, which is so important for objective history, has three inscriptions on it. Three totally objective inscriptions. Objective. Objective. I'm, I'm, objective historical descriptions, Ren. I'm really interested in this objectivity. The first one excerpts Davis's farewell address to the U.S. Senate on January 21st. <laughs> I cannot not say 21st. In that Colin Firth in. I mean, I understand. He gave the address on Colin Firth, 1861, <laughs> when the South seceded. <clears throat> this is not done in hostility to others, not to injure any section of the country, not even for our own pecuniary benefit, but from the height and solemn motive of defending and protecting the rights we inherited, and which is our sacred duty. Stop laughing! <laughs> the accent's so good, it's so hard! I'm so sorry. It's beautiful. <clears throat> Protecting the rights we inherited and which is our sacred duty to transmit unshorn to our children. Hey, Jeff. Jeff, do you mean the right where you owned people, you psychopath? Is that, is that what you're talking about, Jeff? The, the right to own other human beings with, like, autonomy? I down somewhere. I could have sworn there was, like, a whole paper mm. about... Mm. Men and equal or something? I don't remember. Mm. The plaque on the left of the monument reads... These get more and more unhinged. The plaque on the left of the monument reads, The Army of the Confederate States from Sumter to Appomattox four years of unflinching struggle against overwhelming odds, glory inevitable, these wrapped around themselves the purple mantle of death, dying. They died not at all, but from the grave in its shadow, valor invincible lifts them glorified ever on high. I don't know. I didn't understand a word of that. I didn't either, <laughs> and I've read it eight or nine times. But, you know, objectivity. Anyway, uh, the plaque on the right end of the monument reads, I promise this is the last one. The Navy of the Confederate States, giving new examples of heroism, teaching new methods of warfare, it carried the flag of the South to the most distances, if to die nobly be ever the proudest of glory, of virtue. This of all men has fortune greatly granted to them, for yearning with deep desire to clothe their country with freedom, now at last they rest full of an ageless fame. What? I had forgotten that the Confederacy had a navy. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a surprising amount of Confederate navy represented on Monument Avenue. We're going to get into even more, but, like, I yeah. don't think of there... <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've ever said. I don't think of there as being an ocean then. Right. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it's like there was an ocean, and I get that, but, like, the only boats were, like, made of wood and took, like, eight weeks to get anywhere. The so the idea of a navy is... Oh, yeah. The, I guess there was a The name. Merrimack and the Monitor, that whole thing. And there's a bunch of, like, bridges in the Hampton Roads areas named, like, the Merrimack Monitor Bridge. Whatever. Um, were two, like, iron-clad wood boats that just beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, weren't they just shitty boats that, like, sank after two weeks? Basically. Yeah. 
somebody's going to tweet very angrily at us for that. Mm-mm. It's fine. Apparently I need to hang around these monuments more. I know my history better. But I'm just so perplexed by these plaques on the Jeff Davis mon- Like, was the engraver too busy aggressively masturbating to the idea of the Confederacy's lost cause that he did not bother proofreading? Most importantly, and I probably should have prefaced them with this, both plaques were apparently originally in all caps, so you have to assume they were screamed. Valor! Valor! Ageless fame! <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, um, what the fuck? His name, the, the milkshake guy. Milkshakes. Police? Blood. Blood and the oil. Oh! Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis? Yeah, you can imagine Daniel Day-Lewis shouting about this shit. Yeah. At an 1890 Harvard commencement address, W.E.B. Du Bois cautioned against this very type of monument, stating that he doesn't dislike Jefferson Davis especially. No idea why he didn't. But criticized Davis as a representative type, a strong man. Acting out a selfish individualism coupled with the rule of might that societies tended to admire. Societies, like the United States, that lifted up strong men, Du Bois said, pursued agendas that advanced part of the world at the expense of the whole. Truer goddamn words. I have no idea as to what he is referencing. We have what? never, mm. ever fallen into such an obvious trap. Mm. Davis was not one of the three defenders of Richmond that inspired the idea of Monument Avenue, but was included after the United Daughters of the Confederacy spent several years demanding it. Because it is so unabashedly pro-Confederacy, Richmond actually planned to remove the statue back in 2018, but, like, that didn't happen. The bronze statue of Davis was torn down by protesters on June 10th, 2020. What? what? However, the rest of the monument remains untouched. The central column and the statue of Vindicatrix representing Southern womanhood (laughs) on top of the column remain, as do the plaques. I mean, when they're talking about Southern womanhood, they're talking about, like, how white women were completely complicit in the owning of slaves and white supremacy. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, like, if you wanted a monument to that, go Southern ladies. And they did, Ren. They did want a monument to that. Can't wait to try your potato salad at the local (laughs) barbecue. There'll be no salt in it. Three blocks west of the location of the Davis Memorial was the equestrian statue of Stonewall Jackson. The Jackson statue was unveiled in 1919 and was a pretty standard-looking dude on a horse. It's a dude on a horse. I don't know what to tell you. It's not they all a sp- look the same. It's not a particularly sexy horse. It's just a horse. It's just a horse. It was sculpted by Frederick William Seavers, who, of course, sculpted a bunch of Confederate monuments across the country. Richmond's government removed the Jackson Monument on July 1st of this year. Mm-hmm. Yay. Without telling anybody. Without telling anybody, and yet, like, Twitter exploded with it, and, like, probably several thousand people were there to see it removed. It took several hours to get it removed. I don't know what anybody was expecting, but... Well, I mean, yeah, it's 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 construction work. Like, you, you have to... Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to go so much into the Stonewall Jackson statue. It was a boring statue, 
like, I don't even know if it had an inscription other than saying Stonewall Jackson on it, because it was in a traffic circle. One could not get up to it to Mm -hmm. read anything that would have been inscribed on it if it was. Um, No. And... We are absolutely going to cover Stonewall Jackson another day. Good God. I mean, no, it was basically just a, a man on a less sexy horse. And yeah, they had to put the words there so you knew who it was. Because otherwise you're like, oh, it's a man on a horse. That could be literally fucking anybody in Virginia. Yeah. So many men had horses. At Monument Avenue and Belmont Avenue, we have the Matthew Fontaine Mori Monument. This is a weird one. Matthew Fontaine Mori was an American astronomer, naval officer, historian, oceanographer, meteorologist, cartographer, author, geologist, and educator. That's probably why his monument is chaos. It is chaos, Ren. The insane ball of chaos was co-sculpted by Valentine, who did the Jefferson Davis sculpture, and Seavers, who did the Stonewall Jackson sculpture. Aww, it was a group project. It was a group project. And, I mean, per usual, one person was doing a lot more work. Um, But uh, here's how Wikipedia attempted, and I use that word loosely, to describe the monument itself. Please look this up as I am reading it to you, because it's not going to make any more sense, but it's great. I'm looking it up. What? Oh, it's this thing! That thing! Maury's ball. Oh, yeah! I I always thought this was some sort of, like, either Sisyphean or, like, Atlas reference. You know, because they teach you so much about history. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's... All these, it's it's really weird that all these people are being manifested in an ocean. Like, it's a little haunting, honestly. It's like ghosts. The figure of Mori faces eastward towards the Atlantic Ocean that the Pathfinder of the Seas charted. That's what he liked to call himself. <laughs> he holds in his left hand a pencil and compass, and in his right hand, a copy of his charts. Beside his left foot is his book, Physical Geography of the Sea, as well as a Bible indicating the central role that faith played in Maury's life. A globe is tilted slightly on its axis behind his head. It represents both land and sea, and the woman standing calmly is a representation of Mother Nature between land and sea. Around the base of the globe are depictions of people clinging to a sinking boat in bad weather, representing the dangers of the sea, with a woman in the center. And on the right, north side of the globe, there is a man, a boy, and a dog, representing Mari's work promoting land weather service, which dates back further than 1853. (laughs) What? But all of that was clearly communicated to you by the statue. No, it looks like it's just a bunch of people drowning. Um, There's a cow that's drowning. I lived less than a block from that thing for over a year. I thought it was about submarines. I mean, again, you can... What you can tell from the statue is there is a dude in a chair. Mm -hmm. There's a dude in a chair. And then there's a big globe. Okay, it's a globe. And then there's, like, a boat and a bunch of people that look like they're drowning and, like, one lady who, like, has her hand on her head face palming. (laughs) And that's it. Like, that's all you really get out of this. Yeah. It messy. The Maury Monument was unveiled as part of an Armistice Day celebration on November 11th, 1929, Over 60 years after the Civil War ended. 
Mari's Ball was also not one of the monuments originally planned for and yet again mostly happened because the Daughters of the Confederacy argued and fundraised hard for it. Wait, 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 wait. wait. So he was a Confederate too? He was a uh, Confederate Navy general. Okay, okay, okay. Because between all the Pathfinder educator, like, weatherman, meteorologist, whatever the fuck, like, I completely forgot the Confederate reference. Yeah, despite his scientific background, he was clearly included in the Monument Avenue lineup because he was a Confederate naval officer. Ah. Additionally of note, Maury was ambivalent on slavery and was not a slave owner himself, but his great plan to address slavery was to deport all of the enslaved people to Brazil. So there's that. Why Brazil? Why Brazil, though? Two years after Maury's <laughs> monument was erected, W.E.B. Du Bois spoke again on the matter, criticizing statues honoring Confederate leaders. Quote, The plain truth of the matter would be an inscription something like this. Sacred to the memory of those who fought to perpetuate human slavery. I mean, where is the lie? Where is the lie? Lastly, for Monument Avenue at least, we have... The Arthur Ashe Monument. Yes! Yes. My favorite monument. (laughs) My favorite monument depicting child abuse. The decision to place the statue of Arthur Ashe by Paul de Pasquale on Monument Avenue was controversial. It was controversial, to say the least. Uh, The monument became a focal point of racial tensions in the city around the time of its commission and unveiling. When do you think this thing was unve- unveiled that it became a racial flashpoint? I'm curious. Um, I know nothing about Arthur Ashe. That's part of why, like, I'm going to be really wrong about this. I'm going to guess, like, mid-70s. 1996. What the fuck, America? <laughs> what the fuck? Richmond! Get, Richmond. Get your shit together! I was almost ten years old, bitch! Yeah. Uh... Are you fucking kidding me? Many of the city's majority African-American residents cited Ash's distinguished place in the modern history of the city as reason for inclusion, while some residents in other parties rejected it as inappropriate for Monument Avenue, which until it's... Why? Why? Well, because until 1996, it contained only statues of men with a relationship to the Confederacy. Those people can fuck off. Those people Those can people fuck can off. Absolutely fuck off. Fucking Mari was basically a meteorologist. He was on a boat. Right? He was on a boat. and He like, doesn't count. He didn't have a horse. 1996. Oh my god. I'm having heart palpitations just thinking about it. Like, yeah, we want to honor this, like, black man from Richmond who was, like, pretty spectacular in his field. And they're like, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Did he own people? No. He can't be in the club. You have to literally have owned people. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the Venn diagram of people who think that Arthur Ashe shouldn't have been included because it's not, like, the right history and people who say you can't tear down the immense because their history is, like, a circle. It's just a circle. Yeah, it's... And, I mean, don't get me wrong. It Again, it is my favorite monument depicting... The open beating of children. But, (laughs) like, 
At least he did something that's worth commemorating. To to be totally clear, for, first of all, Arthur Ashe's statue is much smaller than most of the Confederate leaders, and it's the farthest away from downtown Richmond, just outside the fan district. And as Ren has been saying, if we're honest, the statue like looks like he's about to beat some children with a book. It's Arthur Ashe with his arms raised in the air over a crowd of cheering children with a tennis racket in one hand and a book in the other hand, and it looks sinister. <laughs> and Arthur, Arthur Ashe was like a groundbreaking tennis player. He was a civil rights activist, and he probably deserved better than the sculpture, which I feel bad saying because apparently it was done by a prominent Richmond sculpture who's still like working. Yeah, but he did really well in capturing movement. But like that movement looks like those arms are about to come downward on top yep. of those children's heads. It's, uh, you know, again, it's. Yeah. I have fond feelings. I have fond... Such fond feelings. Fond feelings for that. Bless. In August 2017, following violence linked to far-right white supremacist groups in Charlottesville, Virginia, Richmond Mayor LeVar Stoney announced that the city's Monument Avenue Commission would include potential removal or relocation of the Confederate monuments as a way to deal with the issues raised by statues honoring dead Confederates. In 2017, Stoney said, quote, I personally believe they are offensive and need to be removed, but I believe more in the importance of dialogue and transparency by pursuing a responsible process to consider the full weight of this decision. Mm-hmm. In, this is very, this is very LeVar Stoney of him. In mid-2018, the commission issued its recommendations calling for the removal of the Jefferson Davis Monument while attaching permanent signage reinterpreting the Lee, Jackson, Stewart, and Maury Monuments. Now, Ren, you may be thinking, wait a minute, it's not 2018, and you would be right. <laughs> um, basically, nothing actual happened with the 2017 commission, but in April 2020... A law allowing local jurisdictions to remove monuments that weren't in, like, graveyards uh, was signed into law by our complicated governor, Northam, uh, to take Complicated. Fa- He's a complicated man. I hope you're going to do him someday. Probably. Legacies are complex. Um, was, si- was signed uh, by Northam to take effect July 2020. He said... These monuments tell a particular version of history that doesn't include everyone. In Virginia, that version of history has been given prominence in authority for far too long. On June 10th, 2020, protesters tore down the statue of Jefferson Davis from its pedestal. Woo-woo! Woo! Protesters tried with some success to, re- to remove other statues, including one of Christopher Columbus in Bird Park. Uh, Columbus was not a Confederate, as you may be wondering. Um, what? But, but was a genocidal rapist, so good on him. This is why he's in the bad place. The bad place being at the bottom of a lake in Bird Park. <laughs> <laughs> Which, honestly, yeah, that's... Yeah. 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 Uh, from what I can tell... Um, Protesters didn't believe that Richmond actually would remove the statues as they promised, so they got a head start. I don't have any clue why they thought Stoney wouldn't keep his promise on removing the monuments, except possibly that time he assembled a commission to try and remove the monuments four years earlier and nothing happened. 
I mean, but um, why would we pay attention to that? On July 1st, 2020, the statue of Stonewall Jackson was removed by the city of Richmond. Complicated Governor Ralph Northam applauded the removal, stating that it was, I swear to God, this is a quote, a monumental day in Richmond that begins the important process of removing these painful symbols of our past. Thank you. Next. Thanks. That dude. that last part was part of the quote. Yeah, thanks, man. Even when Northam is being cool, he sounds like your desperately uncool stepdad. I know. Ugh. Do you remember when he was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna moonwalk"? You, you want to see me moonwalk? Oh my god! Oh my god! It's so embarrassing. Maury's ball was removed on July second, and there are plans to remove the remaining Confederate statues. Varstoney has said he will be working with the city council in the coming weeks to outline an inclusive public process to determine the ultimate fate of the statues. And until then, they'll be kept in storage. We'll see how it goes, I guess, with the Lee statue. Uh, but in the meantime, the protesters in the Richmond area have done a beautiful job of making sure it is properly contextualized. Yep, they sure have. Again. I've been hearing a lot of people whine about erasing history uh, that includes some asshole named Dognald Trump. Am I pronouncing that right? Uh, I, I think there's an umlaut in there somewhere. I don't know. Never heard of him. Uh, I don't have a better clap back then. Christy Coleman, the CEO of the American Civil War Museum, who said the following in an interview with Smithsonian Magazine. Quote, for a very long time, the lost cause has dominated public histories of the Civil War. Once it was framed, it became the course for everything. It was the accepted narrative. In stark comparison, Coleman noted that statues of Hitler and Goebbels aren't scattered throughout Germany, and that while Nazi concentration camps have been made into museums, quote, they don't pretend they were less horrible than they actually were. And yet we do that to America's concentration camps. We call them plantations, and we talk about how grand everything was, and we talk about the pretty dresses that women wore, and we talk about the wealth, and we refer to the enslaved population as servants, as if this was some benign institution. Yeah? Yep. So yeah. Here, here's my takeaway, at least. The culture that got these statues put up was the Jim Crow South. The narrative that these statues push is not one of historical objectivity. It is the tired lost cause narrative that frames the Confederacy's actions as a noble reaction to Northern aggression, rather than a desperate tantrum thrown to ensure that wealthy whites could keep building their wealth on the backs of the black people that they enslaved. These statues cry states' rights without clarifying that they are talking about states' rights to uphold slavery. Regardless of what any of the individual Confederates memorialized on Monument Avenue believed about racism or slavery, they all agreed to fight under the mantle of slavery. That doesn't make them outliers of their time, but it doesn't make them heroes in need of reverence. It's almost like they were traitors to the United States. Deliberately trying to fracture the country. But don't take our word for it. I'm going to leave you with esteemed columnist Michael Paul Williams of the Richmond Times-Dispatch. His beautiful summary of the matter. They should be taken down because it should not have been there in the first place. 
I would challenge that person to cite any example anywhere in the globe where a nascent nation rose up in opposition to the existing one with soldiers who were sworn to be U.S. soldiers effectively committing treason, turning against their own, killing U.S. soldiers all in defense of enslavement of black human beings. And then, 25 years after the war, when you think that the issue is settled, and by the way, against the advice of General Robert E. Lee, who did not want monuments, Mm -mm. they erected these statues to not so much tell history, it's not history, but to erect massive bronze and granite statues of propaganda to effectively try to gaslight us into believing that this was something other than what we all knew it was, which was a war to defend the right to enslave. The symbolism has bled into reality, and they've done wonders to help perpetuate the white supremacy that continues to plague this nation and manifest itself in the death of George Floyd. If this nation's ever going to be whole, if it's ever going to heal, you've got to get rid of this cancer, and these monuments are a cancer in America's body politic. Drunts. He'll be here all week. I just realized that I forgot to write a self-care plan because after reading that, I just collapsed and blacked out for three days. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. For everyone who's really concerned about history, like, I have this revolutionary technology for you. It's called a book. It's called a history (laughs) book. And you could read it. But God, don't read a public school history book. That will teach you nothing. That I mean, that's true. That will possibly teach you less, less than nothing. That's true. Yep. Did you also learn about it as the War of Northern Aggression? Oh, absolutely. I for sure did. Absolutely. That's what it was called. Yeah. And, like, everyone, they, they, they really focused on the states' rights. Like, states' rights. States' rights. But they yeah. never mentioned what for. They never no. talked about the other part of it. It wasn't about slavery. It was states' rights. States' rights to do what? I'm sorry? States' rights. Just those. Just rights. Just the rights of states. In general. In the theory? Right, the rights of states to secede. Well, why were the states seceding? Because they didn't like the North taking away their rights. But which rights? It was the War of Northern Aggression. They were mean. Oh, Christ. Oh, well... I actually really appreciated that lesson. I mean, admittedly, I've 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 been around Richmond for a long time, and like I knew these things, but I didn't really know these things. Yeah. Um, which you know, so I, I mean, I I knew that in my adulthood, I knew that these statues had occurred way after the Civil War was a thing, and like I generally knew who they were. I did not know that Robert E. Lee needed a sexier horse. Mm. Um, but apparently Stonewall can... a sexier horse. We're gonna need a sexier horse. Um, I didn't realize that Stonewall Jackson was okay with a mediocre horse. Just, you know, mm. yeah, average looking, you know, like... Yeah. He, he has a really nice personality. And then Jeb know? Stewart got that weird baby, baby bear horse that's just, looks like it's just done a line of cocaine. I mean, if we're really gonna represent, gonna have statues representing the Confederacy in Virginia, we need to have that one... Out by uh, Natural Bridge Station, where it's the Confederacy having gotten dinosaurs to the present <laughs> to eat Union soldiers. Like, these are Confederate statues that I support. Yes. This revisionist history I can get behind, where it was really about states' rights. 
to ride dinosaurs. I'm also not kidding. That's a legitimate thing. It theme is a park. legitimate thing. <laughs> Out in Natural Bridge Station. And we're not saying not problematic. We're saying it's the most wackadoo thing we've ever heard. And neither of us have been there and we both need to go. The thing is, is that I feel like I have been, I haven't been there. I have, it's called Dinosaur Kingdom 2. I have not been to this iteration, but definitely as a child, like, this dude had, like, other parks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've been to other ones. I definitely saw his dinosaurs, but at the time they weren't eating Union soldiers. Yeah. Which I support. (laughs) I'd prefer it if they were eating Confederate soldiers, but look, who am I to erase history? Exactly. So that's going to be all for us this week, folks. If you like what you're hearing, and you should... Um, we got a website, thisfnguypod.com. We got a Twitter, thisfnguypod. We got a Patreon, but don't worry about it, honestly. Support your local bail fund or, you know, food bank or ACLU, because, honestly, we're fine. Save up your money to buy a sexier horse. Buy the sexiest horse you can. Mm. We also have a Facebook, which is this fucking guy. We have a lot of memes also about sexy horses. Yeah, we have less memes than we used to have because Dingy's depressed. So You know what helps cure my depression? More listeners. A meme. Liking, <laughs> sharing, and, dis- and subscribing <laughs> is the only cure for my particular depression. Uh, please do all of those things. But as always, I'm Ginger Golub. I am Ren Martinez. And here's a bonus self-care tip. Every time a white person makes a racial issue about them, they must legally donate $25 to the ACLU. Don't look it up. Just trust me. It's the law. And we should know. We've worked beside lawyers. We might even know lawyers. They would agree. Don't be this fucking guy. Peace. Peace. Ah! This fucking guy.